0: Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday people share real and personal stories. Some are profound and challenging, while others are more common and relatable, shared with honesty and humor. But all of these stories reveal what God can do in our lives when we trust Him with the details. Thanks for joining us. everyone, this is your host, Kelly, from the Storytellers Live team. On each episode, a different woman shares her story, often in a live setting, with the bottom line being that God is good. Today's story is from Marilyn. Marilyn jokes that raising four boys looked a lot like living in a fraternity house at times, as I can imagine, and she was often on her knees in prayer. Her children are now grown with children of their own but she's able to look back and share a unique perspective on parenting. Yes, times change and the culture has changed, but there are some truths and principles that Marilyn shares, which are relevant even today. In my opinion, we can always learn from those who've gone before us. Here's Marilyn.
1: Okay, my girls that are here will be glad to see that I did bring notes. They were so worried I could tell in their voice. They were like, you're like, not writing anything down? <laughs> no. <clears throat> so I wrote it down. Um, so I didn't know this was this big a deal, really. I thought, you know, it'd be me and a couple of people. I mean, y'all don't bother me, because a lot of you I've known my whole life. And you know most of the stories I will tell. And you could probably tell me more, actually. Um, but last night at the ballpark, one of the dads on our team who has six children, cutest children you've ever seen in your life. Anyway, he comes over and goes, like, you're the keynote speaker. I went, keynote? No, no, no keynote. No, am just going to tell about my kids and how crazy they were, and that's all I'm going to do. So he was coming, but he's not here because I told him no men were allowed, which is <laughs> same thing I told my husband. No, you cannot go to the farm. Don't come. So um, to start with, I'm going to give a disclaimer. I'm going to try not to say my boys' names because I got a text message from all of them, which they do these crazy group things. And my, f- well, I, see, I almost took my filter off. One of them said, um, Mom. You know, a lot of that stuff is like secret. And so I said, Okay, well. And there are a couple of things he really would not appreciate me telling. So I'll be careful. I will just say, A son. And if you are the wife of that person, don't make eye contact with it. Can't, I can't look. I'm going to pick a face. It's probably be, or it might be you. And try not to look at you, uh, daughter-in-laws. Okay, so what we're going to start with a little bit of now, which is not how Robin told me to do this at all. And then we're going to jump back to 48 years ago because I know you can't believe I'm actually 68 I am um but I will tell you one funny story I I do community stuff for children's hospital and one day I was in the community and this little kid was sitting kept rubbing my arm and it was my birthday so I told him it was my birthday and he said how old are you and I said yes well that was real stupid (laughs) and we don't say that word I'm so sorry that was not good for me to, to ask him to tell me how old I was um Anyway, he looked at me, like, over and up and down for a long time and said, 98? (laughs) And I said, no, no, not 98. And then he did it again and got down to 70, so... and But then I was only about 55, so what would he say today? I don't know. But anyway, so today I have four grown boys, four wonderful (laughs) daughter-in-laws... I'll talk about them I'll tell some bad stories I'll probably cry (laughs) I I didn't bring a Kleenex because I'm determined not to because I don't cry pretty okay so um, still work at Children's not planning on retiring anytime soon so quit asking me people say that all the time when are you going to retire well you know they pay me Mm -hmm. like money you can spend and I love my job (laughs) so much so um, I'm they say you'll know if you're already retired You probably knew that all of a sudden, and you retired. So I just tell God every day, just you know, write it on the wall when you're ready, or tell Him to quit paying me and (laughs) quit loving my job, and I'll I'll retire. But for now, I'm still there, and my boys are grown. I'm telling you that because I hope I don't tell any stories that I shouldn't. But there were days that I thought, oh my gosh, are we going to live through this? Mm -hmm. Um, So they're grown. They're good now. I'm not saying they're perfect, not at all. Their wives are wonderful. They also are not perfect. Um, So we won't talk about them, though. But they are the best daughter-in-laws in in the whole world. And they gave me 15 grandkids. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the best part of, of... Uh, not selling your children off to a farm. (laughs) If you keep them, chances are they will get married. And if you've been praying for their wife all your life, like before they were even born, Mm -hmm. they will get married to this person meant for them, and you will have these grandkids. Mm -hmm. And, oh, my gosh, they're so much better than kids. (laughs) Okay, so that's that. So um, Donnie and I said we have been married 48 years, and I know y'all are so happy I have these notes. They're so (laughs) going to keep me on track. So I, I will get off on a rabbit trail every now and then, and somebody nudge me if that doesn't even make any sense as to what I'm talking about. So 48 years ago, Donnie and I got married in May, May the 9th. I send him a text and remind him.
2: <laughs>
1: he really doesn't forget. Sometimes he gets his, his birthday's the 7th, and our anniversary's the 9th. Sometimes he's like, okay, wait a minute. It's two days after. Okay, okay. He remembers. Um So we didn't have kids for five years because this is so weird that this is how we plan that. My um, gynecologist said, I tell all my patients, wait five years so you have children. Now, he's my GLAN. I see him once a year. Why am I taking his advice? But he said, play and do what you want to do and then have kids. So that's what we did. And then we had Chris. Oh, dear Lord. So um, I'm going to describe the kids, I think. I don't know if this will make any sense to y'all, but this just, like, was one of those God things that came into my head, so I thought, maybe that's what I'm supposed to do. So, little rabbit trail, short one. Um, we go to Collier's Nursery a lot, so a little shout-out to Collier's. And um, I wanted a snowball tree, so they're gorgeous. Does anybody? Do y'all love them? Seriously. Okay, so we buy the snowball tree, and we're talking to the lady, and those people know everything about those plants. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can ask them any question. They'll name all these different names for it, anything. Okay, so she, the lady tells me that, um, how to plant it and where to put it. And I said, so when's it going to get all those white snowballs? And she said, well, in the plant world, we talk about the first year it sleeps, the second year it creeps, the third year it leaps. Have y'all ever heard that? Mm -hmm. Seriously? That is so cool. And I'm not a real plant person, so I said, "That's I'm going to try to remember that. So you're trying to tell me it didn't do anything for three years, right? <laughs> Bad news. So, And really and truly, it just started doing something this year, and it's gorgeous. It was worth the wait. So it, it wasn't a typical snowball tree. So I'm not saying that the mistakes my kids made <laughs> are typical. Maybe, maybe yours will never make them. Maybe if your kids are the age of mine, which there are a couple of us here, um, maybe they were sneakier and you just didn't catch them. Um, because my one child, I won't say his name. A swig of water when I start to say a child's name. You may need to get me a new bottle. Um, he was um, learned from some of his big brothers, let's just say that. And I think he probably did a whole lot more than I caught him at. Okay. Um, and I might tell you sir about him later, but he might be mad at me. Um, okay, so when they're sleeping, that's really... Uh, sleep is going to kind of be birth to five or six years maybe. Now, when I did a little run through this, I ran creep and leap together. So bear with me if I do that. But when they're sleeping, they're supposed to sleep. Okay, Chris... Did not sleep for nine solid months. He had the colic every second, and he cried all the time, and it made me think, oh, bad mama, bad mama, bad mama, you can't. And I was like a wreck, because I I was supposed to start my birthing classes the night I went into labor, six weeks early. None of my friends weren't crazy enough to have babies yet. Now, I was 20 when I got married. It's way too young, people. Way too young. I made a good decision, though. Picked the right, or God picked the right person. But um, didn't have kids for five years, so I was 25. But still, I didn't have anybody to go, what's it like? I mean, how does it happen? And all that. I had none of that. The person in the room next to me, and this is not even in my script. See, I'm already off script. But I remember getting there and being so scared because I thought, this. This huge thing has got to get out of my body, and what's going to happen? I'm going to die, and and this person—they just had um, curtains between us. There were no fluffy birthing rooms, none of that. People, this is old school. She is screaming at the top of her lungs, <laughs> screaming, "Just kill me, go ahead," and that is true. Just kill me, go ahead and kill me, and I'm like. <laughs> And Dr. Lewis came in there and I said, I, I can't do this. He said, you don't have a choice. And I said, no, I, I can't do it. There's no way. I'm to her. Anyway, she screamed the whole time. I don't know. He gave me my, and that was like when epidurals were, do they still give epidurals Mm -hmm. okay they were very new i was like probably a beta test or something and i said just whatever that is that makes the pain not i don't want to be that so i got my epidural early but anyway chris came into the world with cigar in his mouth and started crying cried for nine months we couldn't get him to quit crying so the sleep thing didn't work with him um I guess maybe because he was six weeks early. I don't know. But he was a crier. I'm surprised we had more children. He was destined to be an only child. (laughs) But then we had Gavin. And the boys are two years apart, except for Scott and Chris, are 20 months apart. So so Chris is, is still crying, and I'm pregnant with Gavin. And that was not a fun pregnancy. Like, had the flu, you know, everything went wrong that could go wrong. And you can't take medicine when you're pregnant. You know, they'll just let you die. So, um, had Gavin. Gavin was born, and he was like, I thought there was something wrong with him because he, like, went to sleep and stuff. And got in his little bed and slept. and, And I did forget to tell you this, that the sleep thing is very important. And little children kind of have a goal to take over the world. You may not know that yet, but they They want us all to go away, and they want to run it. And Chris started that in my family. He he would run the world or die trying. And so he sleep deprived me so bad that I couldn't even focus my eyes most of that first year. Um, And I read this somewhere. I don't know if it's true because I've never been involved in terrorist activities i promise but they say that the first form of torture is sleep deprivation it's true i had it i mean you're crazy when you're sleep deprived so gavin came and i could sleep and it was so wonderful and by then chris was just being a two-year-old and then a three-year-old and then a four-year-old and so then gavin was he was really a he was just a great baby. I can't even say bad things about him. He <laughs> slept and he ate and he did stuff. Um, so then Scott's coming along, and I'm so tired. I'm like, oh, what was I thinking? I'm so tired I cannot breathe. And by 1 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm telling Chris we've got to take a nap. Well, I find out this is a bad thing. And at the end, I'm going to tell y'all, I'm going to recap tell you the bad things I did You'll, you'll probably be able to identify them but I found out I could lay down with him like his bed was against the wall so he was over there and I was over here and I could lay on my side, and because my stomach was as big as his house, um, he couldn't get over me to leave without waking me up. <laughs> so I would lay there. Gavin, sleeping in his bed, because he's like the angel baby, and, um, and Chris would roll his cars on my arm. No, <laughs> row, no. And it would be like, oh, my gosh, I'm getting a, a arm massage. This is so wonderful. <laughs> and, and I kind of fell asleep one day, and this is why you should journal. Get your journal notebook paper or something and write stuff down because when you're old you're like, man, I wish I could remember all those funny things. So I wake up with a hand in my mouth, like prying my mouth open. Oh like that I shouldn't have done that. That was not ladylike. But anyway, that's what it was like. And I said, Chris, what are you doing? And he said, In a in a a Wilson kind of voice, I'm looking for Jesus in your heart. <laughs> Jesus is in my heart. He's looking. I'm sorry say, but they're just literal, concrete people. And he was he was a little doubtful that Jesus was in there. Because I think with my first ones, I was a little more, um, not explosive, but maybe just reactive. You know, maybe that's what I was. But anyway, so I'm laying in bed with Chris getting him to sleep. So that, let me see if I covered all the sleeping stuff. I hate it when people read, but I don't want to drive y'all crazy. Um, okay, so... We're still in the sleep stage. When I start Alma Henderson's Bible studies at my house, Mm -hmm. Rob Jean was in there, your mama. So we would be all over the floor. Ms. Henderson would be up there. Oh, my gosh. Like wisdom. I'll start crying when I talk about her. And I don't want to because I cry ugly. (laughs) But, I mean, I do. If I could cry pretty, it would be so glamorous to be here. (laughs) But Alma, y'all, she would... (sighs) It was incredible. I'm going to tell you all a few things she told us. But she worried about us because we worried all the time. We were like, oh, my gosh, what am I do? This baby cries. My washer's broken. And she'd be like, ladies, settle down. It's going to be okay. One day you're going to laugh about all this. Like, seriously? No, we're not. Um, so she would have us take Psalms 23, and I looked it up. Y'all know I'm not a good Bible me- First Memorizer. I try really hard. I never can remember exactly where it was. So sometimes it's like First Maryland 3. <laughs> <laughs> but I looked it up, and in the New American Standard Version, it says, Even though even though I walked through the darkness. So we put, Even though my kids... So we're trying to let them go. I mean, they're babies. Some of them aren't even born yet. But we would put my kids instead of I in that entire verse, and we would say that over and over. And I can't believe I remember that because that's been forty-three years ago. I mean, that's y'all aren't even that old, people. So. That was one of her wisdoms. Yes.
2: <laughs>
1: hey, there's some uh, other people in here that are forty. <laughs> and my other girls are gonna be forty one day. They're all smiling right now because <laughs> you think till you're forty, you're pretty good. <laughs> you're pretty good. Okay, so let me see what we talked about next. Um, see, I got all distracted because Monica's forty three. Um, okay, Chris Craig. Oh, Alma's Bible study. See, it's good. Thank you for having that tone in your voice. About. See, they would say to me, Gigi, are you kidding? Bring notes. But they didn't, they just went, oh, oh, that's interesting. interesting. <laughs> Okay, so uh, so we prayed that prayer. We, she taught us to pray intentionally. Like, lying is a, kind of a theme for kids. I don't know if you know that about your kids yet, but they lie. <laughs> like a rock, people. They will lie to you and not blink an eye. Until they're grown and married, and that is when you see hope. And then when they have children, you know they've made it. Because now they have those little taking over the world kind of things running around and you can laugh at them and you can leave them with them when you're through playing with them and feeding them sugar so (laughs) so what else she taught us to pray intentionally and she taught us that our life should reflect God's love which it was not reflected for Chris because I probably was mean because he wouldn't sleep he was trying to kill me um so and now I'm naming him every second but that's kind of a benign kind of That won't get him in trouble. I'm not going to smear his reputation. Okay. Then one time we're in there with Alma, and she said right out of her mouth, your kids are born bent towards hell. And I thought, I'm I'm going to quit having this at my house. Mm -hmm. My children are certainly not bent towards hell. She was right, people. I mean, she said, you don't have to teach them to lie, cheat, and steal. It'd be so nice if you had to not teach them not to do those things and so I, it took me a little while to get that into my brain <laughs> but the first time it got into my brain was pretty quick because I think I mean I argued with God a lot my children are not bent towards hell that way he's confused and I don't even know if I'm gonna listen to her anymore and so not not too long after that I'm like looking out the window kids are in the backyard playing the leader of the pack the older one always going to be the leader of the pack he's standing there he picks up my favorite flower pot like i loved it i probably paid five dollars for it at walmart but i mean you don't have money when you stay at home you have four boys you can barely feed them you buy this i almost called it s-t-u-p-i-d flower pot and i know i get reminded about that word all the time If it's an inanimate object, it's okay. That's what I tell my grandkids. I'm saying that to Jenny because <laughs> they correct me all the time. Okay, so uh, he picks it up, and he throws it as hard as he can throw it into the concrete. And I'm looking out the window like my best friend has just died. <laughs> and I said, I watched him, and then he went on off and played and tortured the brothers. And in a minute, he came in, and he said, Mom... Like, uh, I mean, I accidentally kicked your flower pot over. (laughs) And I saw the whole thing, people. And so I wanted to jump on him and just, (sighs) but I didn't. I was very calm. And that's another thing. Don't respond when you're mad. It's not good. Go to your room, hit your head on a tree somewhere, and come back. (laughs) I said, well, Chris, are you sure that's what happened? Because I, I don't know how you could kick it over and break it into five million pieces and kill the plant that was in it. No, that's what happened. That's what happened. Well, he stuck with that story uh, until, we'll just say disciplinary time came. Because we really didn't, we didn't like them To lie, and we really did deal with it. There were consequences now, they have to suffer some consequences. Bad things happen if they don't. Um, so the, there's the flower pot. I'm not doing too bad, I'm kind of staying. Oh, I did put this in there that we're about to creep now, and in the creep section of our life. Um, we had a new philosophy and it was that you were guilty until proven innocent <laughs> you could not come home and tell me a teacher said whatever to you I would not listen until we had a conversation so um, our boys were always that way I mean they had a daddy that was a detective that would not skip a beat if he'd go lock him up in a jail for a few hours I mean he scared people to death y'all Their friends today will say, We were so scared of Mr. Pryor. I mean, we're scared he'd like, we didn't know what he'd do. Well, he's he puts fear in the heart of people, but anyway, not me. He's the greatest person ever in the world, best husband. Okay, I'm not gonna talk about him, I'll cry. Okay, so guilty until proven innocent. Oh, in this creep section is when they get out from under your watch, and I remember. A couple of my friends who are older than me, believe it or not, would say, you're going to wish they were back in that sandbox. At least you can watch them. At least you saw him break that flower pot. They're not out somewhere <coughs> in the park with, who knows, those bad kids that make them do bad things. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you about those kids. Those are probably your kids <laughs> when they're that <laughs> I didn't believe that either. But I did come up with this philosophy after the guilty until proven innocent And I don't know about girls. I had four boys, and I didn't clarify this earlier, but I didn't. I didn't want a girl. I mean, I didn't care if I had a girl. I love girls. I'm a girl, but I just wanted four kids. You know, that was it. And people, when I was especially when I was pregnant with Daniel, they'd go, "Oh, bless your heart. I know you're hoping that's a girl." And I go, "No, not really. Not really healthy baby. All I'm asking for here, you know." So I had four boys, and. They're a little wild and crazy, but I have found out through grandgirls. I have six grandgirls. I've learned a lot about girls. I know why God waited till I was a grandma because now I'm more, I'm wiser, I'm calmer. And but I will tell you, I have to tell one story, and that's getting way off of this. But there. It's incredible how they can just spew tears for nothing. And it scares you when you've never been around them much. (laughs) My first one to spew tears was Chris's oldest. And this is certainly not in my story, but we took her to the movie by herself. I don't know. It was just me and Donnie and Elsie, and he picked her up to carry her. And if you had witnessed what happened, you would have called 911. <laughs> she went crazy. And all because she just wanted to walk. You know, and I'm like, why didn't you just say I want to walk instead of beating Papa over the head with your popcorn box and screaming and crying tears spewing out of her eyes? And my second girl attacked what's Paige Paige (laughs) Paige will cry you will be walking and you'll turn around to say something to her and tears will be hitting you in the back and you'll go what's wrong and she'll go you're walking too fast (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh are you kidding (sighs) okay enough about the girls what I started to say was the boys that okay so we're going to talk a little bit about intelligence so here's what we found out If you put more than two boys together for any amount of time, I would say five minutes plus, the collective IQ is divided in two and then minus off most of that (laughs) because there's no brain left. And if you put more than two together, big trouble, big trouble. So we kind of learned pretty quick the spend the night thing. I'm not telling y'all don't go let your kids spend the night out. I'm just telling you, watch it. Because that's when they do crazy stuff. They never wanted to spend the night with us because they knew Donnie Pryor was like a hawk watching them. But they, they had some friends they would spend the night with. And so eventually, now, number four, that would be Daniel. This is okay to say. He didn't. He wasn't a spend the night out boy. He he tried. You know, he'd go to Taylor's. That was the only place he would. Well, yeah, that was really the only place he'd try to go. And I'd end up going to get him at ten thirty at night. I'm like we're not doing this anymore, okay? <laughs> but I found out they needed to spend the night with people that had the same values I had. But even if those people have your values, a lot of times. They're pretty sound sleepers, okay. So, not saying just beware. Spend the night, not good. Um, okay, so they're creeping. Now they're leaping. They're driving. They are leaping like crazy. So we we get we, when Chris was how long on time? Okay, when Chris uh, was sixteen, we started looking for a car. Well, I didn't know anything about. I mean, we Donnie and I had a car that was great, but when you buy a car for a teenager don't even worry about saving for college because you're going to spend all that money on insurance. And that's if you buy a clunker. (laughs) So, but we, um, our insurance, I'll never forget. He he has said some things to us that made Donnie crazy. He's an old friend, so I'm going to say. But we got Chris a car, and as we were doing all the paperwork, he said to us, eight out of ten new drivers will have a wreck within the first six months. (laughs) seriously no not us again not us we were four for four on that one (laughs) yeah never never say never it will come around and get you. So four for four, I will just say that one had a huge big car, as big as this room, up on big wheels. That's what he wanted. And he backed over a very small car, which you couldn't even see in his rearview mirror. So, I mean, that wasn't really his fault. You know, insurance shouldn't even count that. One of them tried to, well, two of them actually tried to fly their cars down 65 if they had opened the doors they would have flown that's how fast they were going well actually one of those was at the beach but that was my fault because i had sent him to take gavin somewhere so it's my fault because he had to hurry it's my fault um what was the other oh the other one ran into the back of a teacher's car on the way to school and that was her fault she was the spanish teacher we loved her I don't know if he passed Spanish actually, but she he said, Well Mom, she stopped at stop sign and then she started going there, she stopped again. So she a car was coming, Scott. Oh <laughs> I knew I would do that. That's not bad though. That's not that bad. Um, so she stopped to keep from getting hit by that car and <laughs> Scott hit her right in the rear end. So we had all four of those. So insurance will kill you. Um, uh, and and oh, I wrote down a few crazy things they did. And two, I'm only going to tell two of them because it's going to get too long. Um, so one of them, and this person was the oldest person in the car, not the driver. <coughs> there are five boys in the car. If I name them right now, they are the five, five four, finest people in the world. You would be surprised that they did this, but they determined that it would be nice to drive through the newly sodded soccer field. Oh. I think it was the one behind Central. They did that. They got the car stuck because the kid driving, it wasn't four-wheel drive, but they weren't. The IQ, remember the IQ lesson? It was really low. So um, they drove through there and trenched up the whole field and called me from somebody's house up the street, and they were stranded. And, of course, they didn't tell me that because it wasn't one of our cars, so I didn't really get all the details. Mm We resided the field. We, we paid for the grass. We, I mean, y'all, they will cost you a fortune when they do that crazy stuff. But that's an IQ problem. The, the only other one I'm going to tell you is, is um, I won't name this name. He might be mad at me, but he calls me one night. I was made the mistake of letting him drive my week-old car. My fault. That, that's what he said. It was my fault. So it's <laughs> he okay. Mm. He's driving my car, he calls me up and says, Your car had a flat tire. I mean that's kinda of how they talk. All oh, they're like, Your car had a flat tire. <laughs> and I said, My car had a flat tire. It's only a week old. I don't think my car had a flat tire. No, it did have a flat tire. And I left it over there by I'll tell you where it was because Donnie and I went to find it. So he called me. He didn't call Donnie. They go to the easiest mark. That was always me. So we go to the car. It's parked. Like if you pass the high school and you're going to Western, here's Western, here's his, stoplight.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If you look at that curb up there, it's about this high. <laughs> it's It's really high. He hit that. He hit, that was the end of the story. He hit that curb. And when you would look like if this is a tire and this is a tire, this tire that hit that curb, was like that. <laughs> he bent the axle, and he told me he had a flat tire. See, they will lie, people. They're still lying. They're still lying. So the axle's broken. We have the car towed. Uh, I could go on and on, but anyway, that um, it's it's just interesting when you do your investigative work. Um, one of them actually was caught by Sammy Dunn in the locker room. With chewing tobacco, it comes in a, or do you call that dip? I don't. In a round thing, and it had white athletic tape. Obviously, that's very, very tricky. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody nobody will ever know what that is, and and so he was caught. So I got a phone call, (laughs) thinking, are you kidding? Um, But he he saved a friend, and it may have well been one of my older friends that are here, son, maybe not. His friend had it in his bag and he took it out and Coach Dunn walked in so he just like tossed it over there to my son who was the hero who did not have the chewing tobacco or whatever, dip in his wallet. So they will continue to lie. Think again that they quit that. Pray, pray for their spouses because when they get married and especially when they have kids, true, Tanya, I'm looking at you. Do they get smarter? Our boys? Uh, Okay. Maybe maybe through the daughter-in-law. Okay. It's osmosis. The intelligence comes in. And the truth is, I'm a real, I have to read researchy stuff all the time at work and try to put it in language that regular people can understand. But it it is actually true that the frontal lobe of the male brain is a little deficient. Mm -hmm. Until they're in their 20s. So I always remind Donnie that, you know, God made them first. We all know that. He made them. And he never makes mistakes, but he's like, beta test. <laughs> and then he made us. And then we have like maybe a little more <laughs> up here. Anyway, that's how that works. So don't let them lie to you. Uh, investigate. So now what I did, and this is another research fact. You recall 10% of what you hear. I know that's true for me. I can sit in a class all day long, and I'll go take this and go, oh, my gosh, I don't know the answer to that, but I listened. So 10% of what you hear. So y'all don't remember much of what I said, except do remember that the grace of God is about all that got us through. I mean, there were days when the bad mom sign was, like, flashing on my forehead. Um, So here's what you need to remember. And I do have to read these because... I'll elaborate on them, but I'll read them. Pray intentionally for your children. Anytime I say pray for spouses, see, I get all choked up because I got the best because I prayed. Okay, so remember there is this verse, and I meant to look this up too. Somewhere in Proverbs, look up angry woman. Just Google angry woman. I think there's a verse that says it's better to live on the roof. Is that right? Better to live on the roof than in the house with an angry woman? Yeah, so don't be that angry woman. I mean, I love Proverbs. I do the my, the day of the week and read that chapter, and I, I can't tell you verse or place, but I can tell you the general theme. We're not supposed to yell and scream and act crazy, okay? Um, beat your head on a tree or something or go to therapy. My therapy has always been horseback riding, and I gave my horse away, so I have no therapy now. So my therapy now is grandchildren. So there. Um, okay, the angry woman. A gentle response diffuses anger. That that is Proverbs fifteen. So you know, if you spew back the meanness that they're spewing at you, guess what? It just escalates. I finally learned when I years ago when I was a critical care nurse um, to I, there were certain. I can't really talk about my work much, you know, HIPAA and all that. But certain staff people just come in yelling I mean and there was one in particular and everybody took it and I'm like god this is not good I mean so I finally got yelled at by that person and said can we please step out in the hall just gonna be like, huh, are you kidding me we went out in the hall and I said I'm so sorry but I just don't do well when we're in a yelling match I mean I'm glad to talk through what you're concerned about and and that's really how we need to treat our kids I mean, we need to, you can't reason with them. Don't get me wrong. That's difficult. But you can at least talk through stuff with them and, you know. There you go. Okay. Oh, listen to praise and worship music. Y'all, that's the best thing you can do ever. Crank it up. Not on i sIxty five at seven thirty in the morning because <laughs> I've done that a lot of days. I almost had wrecks. I mean, because you're just like singing. <laughs> Don't do it on i sIxty five. Okay, listen to praise and worship music. Don't believe them when they say because this is what mine would say. And this this was used a lot. Well, and I'm using the Meeks name because if y'all know the Meeks, they have three kids, <laughs> the ages of. Three of mine, they don't have a Scott. So Scott couldn't use this excuse. But, but Chris and Gavin and Daniel would always say, well, Tanner's going. I mean, they make sure letting Tanner go. You know, that was always the line. Don't believe it. You call we call Beverly, that's your underground lady network. <laughs> underground. Don't tell any of the boys about them. And you need underground girl network mothers because they know everything. If you get to go, like, to the prom dinner, how you have to make the dinner at somebody's house, go and say, I want to help. Me, boy, mom, I know, but I can help. And they will be telling secrets like you won't believe. It's fun. When you have our boys, that is so cool to do. Now, they are the same people that you're watching the football game, Intently, and they want to carry on a conversation. And I'm a sports mom. Don't even be talking to me when I'm in a game. Okay, I am into the game. Next to be cheerleader mom, she wants to talk the whole game. But when when her cheerleader's out there, she acts like I'm a rock because they're just there for those cheerleaders. No offense, people. No offense. That's a mama boy mama perspective. So get your solid group with values like you. Go to FBI training. <laughs> so one of my boys actually, you know how they leave things in that book at the high school. I leave so and so. One of mine, and I wish I could have found that book, but left his FBI agent parents to somebody else. So they even knew we were FBI. Just we were tricky people. Okay, um, I'm a lot smarter now than I was then, though. Oh, praise in public, punishing private. Hard to do when you've got a houseful kid. They will retaliate if you punish them in front of brother and sister. Quickly, they will retaliate. It's just their nature. Remember, they're trying to take over the world, <laughs> taking it over. And Donnie, Donnie used to say they've got us outnumbered. <laughs> and when he would look at me and say that, I would go, oh, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> "I'm hundred I gotta go." He would never. You know, he was just like the steady guy. I was the crazy person. Well, I still probably am. But because they do say that, your personality exacerbates as you get older. So it's not the grouchy old man. If he was grouchy all his life, he's going to be real grouchy. If, if you were crazy your whole life, you're going to be real crazy. Okay? You're going to get crazier talking to Monica. Okay? Um, tr- uh, never disagree with your husband in front of your kids. That's really, really hard to do. But uh, it's best just to you have those looks that you give each other.
2: <laughs> Mine's like kind of like that,
1: <laughs> and and then we'll go. I need to go to the restroom, <laughs> and we will discuss it because one son in particular reminds me occasionally, not frequently. We're all on the same team here. Quit. We're on the same team. I remember a Disney trip where we were all <laughs> flipping out and flipping out, and that was his word to me, Mom. We're on the same team, okay. Take it down a notch. Okay. Um, have regular date nights with your husband. Oh, that's so hard to do. Donnie and I used to walk through um, Books of Me, and I don't even think it's there anymore. That's a great date night. You just walk around and look at books. You don't even have to buy anything. Drink coffee. Okay. That was also one of my study places when I. Went back to school after kids. That was kind of to regain my sanity and make sure my brain still worked. <laughs> um, uh, an Alma Henderson saying is the devil does not carry a pitchfork, have horns on his head, and dress in red. I always thought he did. I me, mean, I would recognize him real easy. I would know that's oh, the devil. No, he's like angel of light. That makes me cry because I don't like to talk about him. I know he's here. I know he's alive but I don't study um, okay we said keep a journal we have said many times they're trying to take over the world people it's true don't let them you keep your teammate, your spouse don't let those kids take over the world boys try harder than girls um, boys will treat their wives the way their dad treats their mother that also makes me <laughs> okay I'm not going to say more about that but I, th- I think my boys—do we get one of those looks like? <laughs> you don't know what kind of day we've had. I think they're nice. To their- I think they're nice to their wives because Donnie Pryor like treats me like a queen, and I will throw that in. When when Chris—I don't think I said this to y'all—when I got in the car to go to have Daniel, Chris is on the front porch, screams out. He either said, "If it's a girl, don't come home." <laughs> Or, if it's a girl, don't bring her home. <laughs> he said one of those. And and we didn't know what we were having. You didn't back then. It was old days, people. I mean, you had a baby out on the road somewhere. Just, and I looked at Donnie and said, oh, this could be a girl. I, never, I mean, mentally, I, wouldn't, I had all-boy stuff, and I know how to act with boys, and I do boy stuff, and <clears throat> this could be a girl. And Donnie said it could. Really? Yeah, it couldn't. And then I was really nervous because all those people kept thinking I wanted a girl. And I, I told y'all already, I just wanted four kids. Okay, enough about that. Um, uh, oh, I have to tell this funny story. Journal, journal, journal. Because you will laugh at those things so hard when you're old and gray, if you can read. See? I have my read- <laughs> they go with me everywhere I go. I can barely see y'all. That's why this is so easy. Uh, um, So one grandchild said this and I could say lots of funny grandkids stories so this does not mean get it get it straight people I have no favorites no favorites this individual and I were talking about Indians I don't know why they say the strangest things and so I said well I guess you don't know I'm part Indian he looked at me (coughs) excuse me And said, "You're part Indian, like I had a disease or something." I said, "Yeah, I'm like, I think I'm an eighth. So that means your daddy is a sixteenth. So you're a thirty second. That's not much. Don't worry. You don't have to have tomahawk or anything. But you are part Indian. And so, a few weeks later, his mama called me. She's (laughs) forty. I'm going to ride that pony so hard this year. Um, She said, okay, I've got to tell you, this is funny. And that's what she, they got out of the car somewhere and Sawyer said, mom, did you know, I need to do the boy voice. Did you know that Gigi is half Indian and half human? (laughs) Now that's funny, even if it's in your grandchild, that's just funny. Uh, half human seriously um, okay boys treat their wives I did that because it made me cry make sure you have consequences for bad behavior best two of the best books I've ever read Strong Will Child James Dobson I mean I'm old he's older than me because I like studied him like a hawk because I thought there was something wrong with my kids you know, so I read 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 and then I would go oh he's that strong will guy hey they're great when they grow up they're determined people but they're rough to parent. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm telling you, though, the grace of God will get you through it. I mean, you better be praying a lot and listening a lot of praise music. If you're not sure how to do those things, call a friend because I don't have people get through it without. Um, it's much easier to talk the talk than walk the walk. So I learned quickly as I watched my boys. Donnie, when he brushes his teeth, and this may be a man thing. Like he brushes his teeth and then he hits he his toothbrush. Is that, do y'all do that? He hits it on the counter of the sink. <laughs> I mean, it's just weird every time. I think all my boys do that. They used to when they were home. Watch them. Watch them. It's your first day in FBI training. Just see how they do that. Because they watch very close what you do. I mean you can somebody said once it was probably alma because she was so wise your wa- your walk is so obvious i can't hear your talk is that kind of how that goes see i don't ever say those right okay um read and oh the other good book is sibling placement if you have a bunch of kids because there is some pretty good indication that you can look at characteristics of first child second child third child fourth child you read the book <laughs> it's good. And I, the one more little thing that a friend told me. We used to walk every morning, and so we were good friends. And we would always say, "Okay, tell me my blind spots, because I, I they're blind spots. I can't see them, and I should have been able to, because really and truly, one of mine in particular is like me. So I should. When he irritates me, I'm like, "That's me. That's why that's irritating me. I don't want to be that way." Um, but she said. The biggest blind spot I think you have, and probably at this time, Chris was probably 14. She said, you treat all your kids like they're the same age. And I went, "Well, oh, my goodness. At first, I was a little, huh. But then I thought, I mean, she I asked for it. I mean, don't give advice unless people ask for it, by the way, especially to some people. If they ask you, you know, say, <coughs> okay, you asked me, do you want to hear it? But... I mean, she was so right, and I thought about that a million times after that. I would think Daniel should, like, be smart enough to know not to put his hand on the hot stove. I mean, good gracious, people. But, I mean, they're all different ages, and you can't treat them like they're the same. So beware of that. Um, There's some verse about... The older ladies teaching the younger ladies Bible study stuff. I need to find an older lady, but (laughs) no, (laughs) I'm getting too old. And God is good all the time. I mean, just He is. He's got a plan. Do not doubt it for one second. Take the bad mama off your face, and that's it for me. (laughs) What's it when when whoever backed up into the car? You know, with the big wheels. Well, what was the consequence? Was there a consequence for him, or was it all your fault because you bought him the car? No, it was always our fault at first, but there were always consequences. like, do y'all ever see that ad on TV where the kid comes in the room, the mom and daddy are in bed, and he yes. says, that's my favorite commercial. I mean, you guys are so smart. I mean, y'all have it covered, And but there was a very skinny place, so it was their fault. But, yeah, he didn't have a car for a while. I mean, we took cars away. Y'all, if you dangle those keys in front of a teenager, it's amazing what actions it will correct they love their cars now i know there's graduated driver's license stuff now and i don't really know what those rules are but i think it would have been nice if we would had those he had consequences and really that time and i can tell you where that was he was pulling out of the parking lot where mosey is Huh? Funny. That was the curb place, too. (laughs) Um, It must be a bad spot. (laughs) Um, And, you know, that's not a good place to pull out. You need to go down there to the end by the... What's the name of that restaurant you got to wake up there? The Ridge. The Ridge. Go down there and exit. But anyway, because people come around that corner so fast, so a car came, so really, in his defense... He backed it up, and, and it was a very small car. Of course, that mama told me the story of they met, he, that car had been wrecked, and that son had to pay for it to have his own money and now it was wrecked again. And I mean, we paid for it, not to worry, but yes, that son didn't drive a car <coughs> for a while. We, sometimes I thought our consequences were too strong. Like Donnie would, we can edit this out too. Cause I'm only supposed to say loving and kind things, but like if we back in the day they would watch, there were like decent cartoons on Now it's we've had to actually No, oh that's work related, but there's there are some TV channels that at about three or four o'clock in the afternoon turn into straight up trash. Mm-hmm. I mean, beware of what your kids are watching, you have to watch it with them. But, um, Donnie was say, okay. No TV for you for three months. And then he would go to work. And then I would go, well, thank you. That means, that's like, I can't even go to the bathroom now.
2: Yeah,
1: don't, it, consequences, you need to, don't just spew them out. Like, think about them a little while, make sure they're, you know, we, what we started doing was saying, you know what, we're not sure how long this consequence is going to last. I mean, it's going to depend on your attitude because you know what? You get to pick your attitude, not me. So if you have a good attitude about this, who knows? If you have a bad attitude, you may be 80 before you get your car back. (laughs) So, yes, Sonia, please. Sorry. Um, When did the boys start kind of pulling away from you a little bit? Because, you know, when boys are, are middle... They think their moms, and they still do. Please don't give me wrong. Right. I have sons, and they, they, they don't think I'm a queen or anything, but boys just love their moms. Mm-hmm. But when did
2: your
1: boys start pulling away and showing their, in, trying to show their independence a little bit? I'm sure uh, the, Dobson might have... Yes, <laughs> and I had read ahead a bit in his book, so I should have expected it, but the first time... Like, my heart fell out of my chest onto the floor, and I weeped. Yeah, because I'm a pitiful crier. I mean, I cry sweet stuff, usually not sad stuff. I don't ever cry sad much. But I had to go to Pizzitz for something. And so I had an ice chest and a rose. I don't remember what it was for. So I'm with Chris. We're walking into Pizzitz. And he, like, basically bolts down the hall. And I'm like, excuse me? I am carrying a 500-pound ice chest back here and a rose. Can you help me? So it's like, Mom, I do not want any of my friends to see you with me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I thought, okay. Well, I mean, I'm not a monster. I'm not in a beauty contest. But, I mean, you don't even want to walk down the hall with me. But that was the first time that happened. And then when, by the time they kind of get, minded, really all four of them. Well, a couple of them didn't ever go through that. They didn't care who saw them with who. It's just difference in kids. But by the time they're like a junior in high school, they're all ready to have mama come. They don't care, you know. But, but they do start pulling away. Middle school is such a hard time. Um, but they live through it. That's a good thing. They're alive and well and not mentally deranged, I don't think. Y'all <laughs> you know, might know different. So y'all be ready that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It does. I mean, I was so sad. <laughs> Um, but it it was just and my friend that's 10 years older said I told you they were going to do that I mean that girls maybe don't do that that much I don't know but boys really they do Monica's yeah it's it's real bad for their image to be seen with mama I know we talked about this a little earlier but the biggest challenge is between what we saw with our kids growing up and now what we're seeing now Yep. And, and to me, and you know, I told y'all I have to read all that researchy stuff and put it down in fifth grade reading level. And so there's all kinds of stuff out there about, and I'm not saying anything to anybody because I don't know how much time, and even my grandkids, I have no idea how much time they have an iPad in their hand. They may have very strict rules at their house. Um, but it's, it's rewiring their brains it is so dangerous for a kid and i think it's uh, there's a formula for and i don't remember what it is that's how much attention i've paid to that hard class <laughs> um, there's a formula for how much time screen time and that's phone ipad tv but mainly the phone and the ipad cuz they're really the same thing they're a blue screen you're staring into it but but researchers are very concerned about what that's doing to their brains it's caused a big info in in small not big studies but small studies that they're it's causing them not to be able to focus um because their brains are just working different and it's and it's a socialization i mean if you're going to go to your room and get on your ipad all night you know that's just not plus you don't know what they're getting into there and and you just think because at work i can say this i think we have real tight firewall and um I can go to YouTube because I look at easy how-to videos all the time to put them with <coughs> written words. But all these horrible things popped up over here. So you think, ah, oh, she's just on YouTube. He's just on YouTube. Y'all, there is terrible stuff on YouTube. And it doesn't have to even be vaguely associated with what you were looking for. So, so yeah, that, that stuff, it, I don't really like to read a lot of it because it scares me. But you need to just kind of read up on it. Only read up from real researchers. Don't go to Billy Bob's. Hey, what's the deal with blue screens and five hours a day on it? Don't read Billy Bob. Make sure it's a a good source you read. We scared y'all to death. We're so sorry. (laughs) They're going to all run away. (laughs) What were your rules, like, once they were in high school about friends? Like, did you ever... Like, try to guide their friendships or keep them from certain things? Well, two of my wisest spiritual friends would say, you really can't pick their friends. Right. I mean, you can say they can't spend the night, but you can't. That's about it. They're going to see them at school. They're going to see them at the football game. They're going to go places with them. So we tried picking friends on our oldest and just said, you know, it's just not going to work. Because it, it really almost draws them to those kids because they think, hmm, she doesn't like him. I do. You know, so we, we kind of quit trying to do that. But we we were very careful about who they spent the night with because that, that is really where, I mean, I could tell y'all some stories that would make your head pop off. I, but I won't. But be careful who they spend the night with. So because do
0: you just have a rule though, like a statement rule. Because how do you tell a child that you're going to let him spend the night with this
1: guy, but not this guy? Well, we just did really good friends of ours. You know, we felt. For all and, your voice. We weren't as strong on that with Chris because we were. He was like our learning kid. Because I mean you know he didn't sleep anyway so you know we were punished no we learned on him and then we did better with the other three Uh, and then when Daniel came along we were so tired and we just like let Daniel I will say this right out loud go to Cancun on his senior trip (laughs) are you kidding me it's a wonder they came back alive but we chose our friends and, and that really is not foolproof it I've read a lot of stuff lately, a lot from James Dobson, that really says we just say we don't spend the night out. A, you stay up all night. You do. And then you're dead tired for a week. Um, and, And that way we don't have to say, well, it's fine to go to their house, but you can't go to their house. Because sometimes it's not that they're bad. It's just that you don't know them that well. You don't know anything about them, really. And what's available in their houses that you may not want your child I mean, you know, you just that's just an individual thing. But I I really I don't know. I, I shouldn't say what I would do now, but I like to think I would and I would just say we're just not gonna spend the night out. You are fine to play, he's fine to play, but we're gonna just go right in there to sleep. Now, mine were sleeping in my house and sneaking out. And they knew I was watching. <laughs> Gavin, Michael Pryor, and Daniel. Okay, so Gavin kind of led Daniel with him sometime. So I have to tell the story because this was really in my notes. I'm going to tell it fast. So we come in. You know, everybody's in bed. We would always go in their room. You can pray for them at night when they're in bed asleep because they're so sweet. Yeah. Their halos are on there all glowy, and you forget that they... Did horrible things all day, and you so you go in there and pray for them. So we go in their room, which is right by ours. They were in the same room together, um, they were gone, <laughs> and I said, Donnie, they're not in there. And they were babies then. They were, I'm thinking, Gavin, we can verify this before it's published. Uh, maybe 12. So Daniel was maybe what does that make him six? No, two, eight. I can't even count. But anyway, he was a little younger. Scott was probably sneaking out of <coughs> that microphone. So Donnie went in there with me, and right as we walked in the door, and we have on the front of our house floor-to-ceiling windows like like this. Windows pushed all the way up. There is a ladder. <laughs> they have put a ladder on the front of my house, two stories out that window that you could fall. And they went with a bad neighbor friend That we wouldn't spend the night with and they were actually because i will say this about one of the two people in that really i could interrogate those two myself pretty good and they would okay 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 i'll tell you they would even tell them their brothers the other two are a little hard harder to break donnie would do that but they had firecrackers the the bad friend that instilled in my two children to come with him they were putting fireworks in mailboxes and lighting them that is a federal law you go to jail for that we scared them to death with that they didn't get caught well by the law thank goodness but yeah so they were at our house so they'll sneak out of your house don't have a room unless it well don't have burglar bars because those are dangerous if you have a fire (coughs) but don't let them be like our downstairs bedroom you can sneak out of real easy Except the door squeaks real loud. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's true. So, I I don't, you know, you have to decide for your own kids. If it's like your best friend and you know for a fact what goes on there, I mean, that's just a call you have to make. I just think I would be braver now and say, I'm gonna do that. Love you, but we're gonna stay home. Okay, we have one, one more so, just a perfect <laughs> question hey how are you hey. <laughs> uh, see these people know my children
0: uh, but wouldn't you would you say that because I find with things that are social first of all you have to be okay disappointing your child and second you have to be willing to not make a decision based on you know it might affect their social status
1: right or, you know, exactly. You, you
0: have to be okay saying mm-hmm. we're, we're just not okay
1: with that. Mm-hmm. And it might be that everybody else is, you know, or. You do. You have to be willing to be that parent. And if you're not, it's really hard to do. Because a lot of times it's really the parent that's worried about his or her, more or her, husbands don't care. They're like, whatever. But it, we're worried about getting left out of that group of moms if we come over here and go, eh, not doing that. But you you do, you. I mean, you have to take a pretty firm stand. But that's why it's so important to have your close, close Christian friends they'll be your backbone now sometimes there'll be weakies in there too you know i was probably a wiki i'm like it's, I mean, we've got to go we'll be in the out crowd it's okay to be in the out crowd it's probably better to be in the out crowd but it's hard when it's your child because you're like I'm so, he's so sad that i wouldn't let him go but you just have to get over that she did what she could. I never said that. I was going to say, if you'll end with that. That is my motto. She did what she could. Way out of context. You know, it's Martha and Mary doing stuff for Jesus. But that I'm going to put it on my tombstone if I actually have to go there.
0: Um, so she did what she could. That's just, I mean, you, you just do what you can. Thanks for joining us today. Lots of nuggets of wisdom to ponder. If you're curious about Storytellers Live and our ministry, you can visit our website at storytellerslive.org. And also under the show notes, you can download your free scripture card that is custom designed by our team member, Dawn. And so each week at our local gathering, our speaker hands out a printed custom card with a verse or a quote that she wants the listeners to um, just to remember and to ponder. So, uh, thanks again for joining us. And if you want some more good parenting advice, you'll love our next episode where we invite back Lindy from episode 14 and a few other moms and have essentially a parenting panel where they share stories of raising children, specifically kind of the tween adolescent stage into the teen years. It gets harder and harder as you raise them to be young adults. And so, I think you'll enjoy this parenting panel that comes up in our next episode.